Welcome to the Horse Talk Show. You never heard of a talking horse? With your host, Louisa Barton. I want to be a famous rider. I should like to race. Presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Truth is, I have horses with people problems. Now here's the Brit on the bit, Louisa Barton! Yeah, baby! (laughs) The Larson family has been farming hay in Idaho for generations with a mission to always provide high-quality hay products at a fair and reasonable price. Larson Hay loves to meet new customers while always honoring the ones they already have. Find Larson Hay on the web at larsonhay.com, like them on Facebook, and definitely visit one of their locations. Larson Hay, Idaho's finest alfalfa, and our television broadcast sponsor. I'm Louisa Barton for the Horse Talk Show and Equus Television on all smart TV networks here at Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care. I'm going to chat a little bit to Dr. Tim Lynch about sport me- sports medicine, and that is his expertise. Dr. Lynch, it's lovely to have you back with us. Thank you for being here. Love the, love the sweater. Thanks. <laughs> Go Badgers. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to Dr. Chaos about that next. Yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit about sports medicine, kind of a, a general perspective of some of the cases that you see um, and some of the concerns and issues that horses have in that area. Right. So most horses uh, or most equine vets will do some sport of uh, sports medicine, meaning that it's usually lameness or trying to diagnose poor performance in the horse, depending on what they're doing as far as their athletic event, right? So again, sports medicine can involve everything from racing to uh, show horses. And and it's a matter of trying to figure out what's wrong with them, lameness wise, or they may have some other issue that's causing them to not perform to their full potential. So uh, there's certain uh, people that specialize in certain breeds or advanced like the eventing horse or the race horse. And they have pretty good ideas what happens to those horses uh, during their events as far as injuries or poor performance and things like that. So sports medicine just recently got a fancy name about 10, 15 years ago, but equine vets have been doing it forever, right? So uh, for example, like I see a lot of horses in the racing industry. A lot of those horses seem to have a lot of orthopedic problems, chips and such like that. And there's soft tissue injuries that go along with that, like bowed tendons and ligaments as far as suspensory injuries and such. The event horse is almost the same, right? They're a little bit different as far as occurrence and where it occurs. Uh, If you probably got a cutting horse, same thing would happen, right? Different types of injuries, but those people that are in those circles and those vets that do those horses, they kind of know the injuries that go along with the events that they do. I'm sure you get very familiar with what they have a tendency to have a problem with, depending on what they do, whether it be barrels, cutting, jumping, just running fast. Obviously, you probably see commonalities in those horses in those sports. Right. So there's certain things when you have a 1,200 pound animal running 30 miles an hour, right? And there's certainly injuries that are going to happen, especially if you're zigzagging around barrels or trying to chase a cow and things like that. So like all athletes, they can and do get hurt. And that's where it becomes this uh, mission of the sports medicine people to try to figure out or at least dominate their time and how to help 
It's really helpful that they have colonies. <laughs> no. Uh, so they can figure out what's wrong with a horse and help them along in their athletic career. So they can have long, uh, prosperous careers. Uh, and, but, you know, and try to prevent more further injury in, in the sports medicine type division of equine vets. That's basically what they do. Uh, I'm sure a lot of them uh, look at all sorts of different horses and breeds and disciplines, and they kind of can figure out quickly what's the most common injuries in this sport or what happens to these horses. Like an endurance horse would be much different from an eventing horse per se. Endurance horses, they have, probably have a lot of tendon injuries. They go long distances, fatigue, muscle problems, tying up versus an event horse. They go three different uh, things, right? right? And it's it's the all triathlon. triathlon. Yeah. So some of it is at speed and that's dangerous. They're jumping big jumps into the water and such like that. So trauma is always a problem, but uh, injuries uh, usually go along with a certain types of events that they do. For example, cutting horses have a lot of stifle problems. You got to get down low and turn quick for the cow, right? So uh, it's, it's sort of those things where you start to get uh, equine vets who do lameness, but they kind of specialize or they know the breed or they know what event they're doing. Sign. Yeah, it was a good sign. <laughs> so. so your lameness exam, regardless of breed or discipline, is going to be pretty much the same, but you're going to ask a new client, what do you do with this horse? Because obviously that's important. Right. So it's tailored to every horse and what they do to what their event. They're essentially the same. You mean you want to examine the horse and do a good physical and things and look at its legs for heat, pain, swelling, uh, those types of things that are obvious right away, uh, shoeing and such always go along with the discipline, what they're doing. But then it's more, you want to see the horse in motion. So lots of horses and it's usually the top you know, performing horses. They, they have performance problems, but they don't really necessarily show lameness in hand, right? Jogging them up and down doesn't really show it. So sometimes you got to be, um, willing to look at a horse being ridden. And that's maybe all the only time the horse shows the, what his problem is. Dressage is notorious for that, right? So, cause those horses don't do uh, those moves by themselves on the paddock, right? So they need uh, to be ridden and see what the problem is or see if you can't figure out to get to the bottom of how to help them figure out what their problem is, how to treat it, and then try to prevent the injury from later on, right? To help them through their careers. Right. So after a lameness exam, at what point do you decide if there's further diagnosis needed um, and, and what's the next step? Well, I think it's uh, dependent upon the severity of the lameness or the performance problem. There's a lot of lame horses that can perform quite well and they're quite successful. Uh, I mean, they're not lame, lame, right? But, and there's a lot of sound horses that can't perform just, you know, as well. So depending on the severity of the lameness, some horses... They need rest and things like that. And it would depend on uh, where you can find the injury or where the soreness is coming from. So, and again, the severity of the injury would determine what to do to the horse, how much rest they would get. You can't beat rest for any injury. Uh, you know, so it's kind of one of those things where it's tailored to each horse, what they do, what level they're competing at, right? So if you have a world champion in something, it's, it's kind of different because that horse probably, hopefully doesn't have a bad injury. He just needs some help, whereas some other horses, oh, okay, they may not, uh, they may not manifest the same lameness, but they need more time off depending on the severity of the injury and things like that. So it's kind of, it's hard to give you a blanket statement and say, hey, this horse needs this and this. But uh, again, if you can figure out where the lameness is originating from, which in some horses is difficult or sometimes impossible to find, 
they still have a performance issue, but technically it is a lameness. But again, they can probably go out and still win. It's just a matter of monitoring it, keeping track of it, seeing what you can kind of find the problem for the owner and the horse to hopefully lengthen their careers, make them pain-free, those types of, um, hopefully to try to prolong their careers, right? And be successful. Difference in breeds, obviously, uh, affects gait. So you might be looking at a Pasofino, a Tennessee walker horse, walking horse or a quarter horse, and you might have a different spectrum of gait that you're looking at. Is that difficult to to kind of recognize what when there might be a problem when you're looking at so many different movements in horses? Right. So all the breeds are... Or essentially horses, right? So head, mane, tail, <laughs> four legs, right? And then gait certainly can throw your eye a lot. And if you're not used to a gated horse, uh, the Paso is a prime example, that can really throw you off a standard bread when they're uh, in gear and racing or, you know, warming up. So that can be very troublesome as far as um, somebody who's not used to them or not used to examining them or seeing them in motion, right? So... Uh, I don't think anything can beat good confirmation to start with because that's by far uh, the one thing that will help horses long careers be successful. You can't really tell talent from confirmation, but if they have straight legs to work with and good feet to start with, you got a good start, right? And you can probably eliminate half of all the horse problems. Oh, so is she giving us a signal? Sorry. <laughs> the finger. Uh, oh, that's it. <laughs> Yeah. We'll have a couple little cutouts. Yeah, sorry. Oh, it's okay. Dr. Lynch, I want to thank you so much. Uh, a great overview of both lameness in horses and also sports medicine and the examination part of that process. Thank you so much, Louisa Barton here for Equus Television and the Horse Talk Show.
This show is brought to you in part by DAC Vitamins and Minerals of Florida. All horses need a solid immune system, excellent joint support, a healthy gut, and DAC has all the vitamins and minerals they need with the NASC stamp of approval. So like them on Facebook now or go to feeddac.com. DAC, it makes a world of difference. Current equine microchips can migrate by up to 30%, causing difficulty when scanning. With over 70 years of collective horse industry experience, Lipchip offers a new, more effective method of microchipping, partnering with veterinarians and technology experts to ensure humane and practical microchipping. Lipchip was built by horsemen for horsemen. Nowadays, the performance horse industry is in need of both integrity and transparency. Lipchip is the future of horse microchipping, with cutting-edge technology functional for every discipline. Find Lipchip on social media and for more information, lipchipllc.com. The future is here. The future is Lipchip. Hi, I'm Alan Davies with Equine Therapy International. Today we're at Engineered Equine Performance celebrating the new saltwater chilled treadmill. This particular chilled equine saltwater treadmill is a game changer. As you can see, the finest materials are used, the filtration system, coarse, fine filtration, no chemicals, we use UV, ozone, combination of filtration to keep the highest water chemistry standards. Being a saltwater unit, only the finest stainless steel and materials are used. That's important when it comes to longevity and cost of service over the life of the unit. This unit also has integrated massage jets with fine bubbles and coarse air bubbles for the therapy. The control system on this is Siemens industrial grade, top of the line technology, straight from Germany, but also serviceable here in the US. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. Thank you for joining us on the Horse Talk Show, presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. It would not be Derby Week if Hall of Fame turf writer Steve Haskin didn't talk Derby to me. So I'm honored to have my very, very favorite turf writer and my favorite guest back on the show with me to chat a bit about this year's Derby. Steve, thank you so much for taking the time. I know you've had a a busy week or two, and you have a lot going on, but thank you. Uh, yes, yes, but I can always make time for anyone who strokes my ego with that introduction. <laughs> well, you are worthy and deserve every word of it and more. So you're my absolute favorite writer, and I thank love you. every line, every word, and I hang on it, share it, and love it because I think you're amazing. So, And that's not oh. an exaggeration. <laughs> can I get a transcript of this? You, you absolutely, yes, you can. <laughs> so, what do you think of the Derby this year, Steve? It's um, it's interesting. Pretty, it's uh, it's pretty exciting field, looking like it's setting up. Pretty, pretty good. Uh, it's pretty fascinating. It's a lot of different angles. There's no no standout. You know, you've got uh, I you know to me it looks pretty wide open. I think that I think by probably like the top eight horses or so that then i think there's probably a gap to the rest of the field so i think if there's going to be any kind of long shot doing anything um it would be to pick up a piece of it and you know some of the closers would need a, a pretty fast pace and a pace meltdown because 
there's I'm going to say right now it's hard to tell what early voting is going to do. I'm going to say he's going to probably pass. So I'm going to say there's probably three horses that would would prefer to be on the lead. But there's there's about six or seven that want to be right off the lead. And in that group are most of the favorites. Yeah. So so the only thing that closers can hope for is that it gets so contentious <laughs> that it sets it up for for somebody because mm-hmm. you know the closers aren't aren't that fast and they haven't done anything dramatic now everybody's cons- looking at Zandon as a closer but he really isn't if you look at his Remsen he was on the pace the whole way but he just had a couple of slow breaks this year I said when I say breaks I mean starts mm-hmm. um, so he was farther back than he would want him but I could I could see him probably in in mid pack. So, you know, I don't see any of the favorites with the exception of maybe Mo Donegal of being in the back of the pack. I would have to rely on, um, some good racing luck to, you know, get through horses, but you know, it doesn't matter if the Derby guards are on your side, the holes will open. That's if they're right. not, they won't. It's as simple as that. That's true. <laughs> so talk to me a little bit about the only Florida bread since we're here in Ocala, Florida, in the uh, in the Derby, and that's Tammy Bobo's uh, simplification, who I was told the other day that Tom Ventura of OBS and Mark Cassie, Hall of Fame trainer, said he is one to watch. So now I just need the other most important opinion, and that's yours. Well, that opinion actually was given to... Two, I'm going to say two to three weeks ago, um, in one of my con- comments when I said when I said he is my long shot overlay special in, <laughs> for the Derby, and I haven't, I haven't changed. I think I think he's going to be totally overlooked, and you know people are going to look at his races and say, uh, okay, well he hasn't done anything sensational. But first of all, if you look at his pattern, it's you know. Win, lose, win, lose, win, lose, and he's he's ready. He's ready to uh, to win. Um, <laughs> I, I I don't know I, on his numbers. I'm not saying that he's fast enough to win. If you're basing it on speed ratings, but some of the races I've seen from him, like the Mucho Macho Man, I mean, he went fast early, came home fast, and you know ran a mile in one thirty five, and he's a fast horse. And if you look at his maiden race. He was absolutely spectacular, you know, going winning by 14 lengths and 109 and change. So I think his problem this year is that we don't know where he's going to be. We know he has the speed to be right up on the pace, but we also know that because of the one time when he he broke poorly, he had to come from way out of it, took him completely out of his out of his comfort zone, and yet he still rallied to run to run a very, you know very strong second. So if you look at his last race, people can say, well, yeah, he was third in that race. Well, he was coming off two races where he came from farther back than he normally does. One of them because of the bad break. One of them because he just took him back mm-hmm. and, he, and, and, and he wound up winning the race. So in the Florida Derby, he, it was the worst case scenario. And I think, um, I, I, I think he made a mistake. Um, and I'm a big fan of Antonio Sano. I think he's a great trainer. I am too. I love but, him. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's a very good horseman. You know, he all these Venezuelans are. Yeah. And um, I think he made a mistake. And he probably admitted if you asked him, um, he was afraid 
of letting Classic Causeway get out there all by himself. Mm -hmm. So he had him break fast and go after him, mm -hmm. which was not a good idea. And when you look at Classic Causeway, he wound up running like almost dead last in the race. Yeah. And he, he they wound up, you know, he wound up putting pressure on him the whole way. And then Papa Cap comes with a move on the backstretch and moves up on his outside. Now he's in the worst position possible. He's going fast mm -hmm. early, fast fractions, and he's caught in the middle of a three-horse speed rule. Mm -hmm. That's the last place you want to be. And then finally, Classic Causeway tired and stopped, but Papa Cap stayed with him. So after enduring that on down a backstretch, he had to go head and head with Papa Cap around the turn. And it just took too much out of him. And it's just, you know, and, and he's, yeah, he still ran a good race. Mm -hmm. he's, you know, he still oh. ran a solid third in the race. But um, they're not going to make that mistake again. Yeah. Uh, I could see him coming from, you know, a little bit off the pace. I think, he, you know, in in, um, in a couple of his previous races, he didn't change leads, uh, but he changed last time. And I've been watching him train and he's been changing leads in the morning. So I have no problem with that. I think it was just a, you know, just a, a freak thing. Right. Um, as far as his, um, as far as his thoroughbred numbers, um, they're good. You know, they're not great. Again, like him, it's just back and forth. Mm -hmm. You know, he ran a two and a half, which, you know, which was good. Then he regressed slightly to a three and a half. Then he ran another two and a half. And then he regressed slightly again to a three and three quarters. So I'm looking for definitely an upward move. Yeah. But he'll have to move farther than a point. He'll probably have to move um, you know, at least two to three points faster on thoroughgraph. Mm -hmm. But I can see him. I, I definitely think he's a long shot. To keep an eye on. I think he's a very good horse, and I don't think we've seen anywhere near his best yet. Yeah. What do you think about that that back and forth that he's doing? It, have you seen that with other horses? Win lose, win lose. Where that happens? Does he just have good days and bad days? Is it is it uh, the track? No, no he, hasn't, he hasn't had any bad days. Mm -hmm. I mean, for all of his losses, he's had a reason. One of them, he got left at the gate, so he was too far back. Yeah. The other one, they put him on the pace, where he's too far and uh, too far up on the on the pace. Yeah. So it's just a matter of one was a bad decision, one was a bad start. Mm -hmm. But if you take his wins, they go. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and not not only that, but you know he's 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 gone wide on the turn. He's lost a lot of ground, and he rallies wide. You know, when he a couple of races, he was like six, seven wide turning for home. Mm -hmm. But I think he's you know certainly capable of doing it. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, in the in the Fountain of Youth, you know, which mm -hmm. was an unfortunate race where they had that that bad spill yeah but he had a, he, he was like eight wide in that race and just powered by everybody and, and Steve, can i can away. i ask you to hold that thought do you mind doing another segment with us because i have a lot more sure. wealth of knowledge i need from you i'm i'm already holding it it's right in my hand very good thank you we'll be right back on the horse talk show with hall of fame turf writer steve haskin the best stay with us Thank you to our presenting sponsor, Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care, and Larson Hay, our broadcast and television sponsor, plus supporting sponsors, DAC Vitamins and Minerals, Seminole Feed Stores, Piranha, TT Distributors, and the Hilton Garden Inn, downtown Louisville. 
This show is brought to you in part by Seminole Feed Stores, family-owned since 1934. Manufacturing fixed formula horse feeds with mindful monitoring and quality ingredients right here in Ocala in an all-natural, non-medicated feed mill. Seminole Feed, simply the world's best and safest feed. Like them on Facebook now or find them at SeminoleFeed.com. Talk show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care. Thank you to Larson Barnes, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. We are chatting to my favorite guest, Hall of Fame turf writer Steve Haskin. We've been talking a little bit about Florida bred simplification. Share a good, funny story with you later on that. Tammy Bobo, who I've known for years and years and years, very good friend of mine, um, owns simplification. And I actually have a very small pony and donkey at my house. There's a joke there. But um, we were having a bit of a laugh about it at the FTBOA awards last night. Um, but I think it would be um, it would be amusing to say that Tammy has a very nice ass, and her ass is at my house, and he's adorable, and his name is Froto. <laughs> just remember, just remember, you're talking to a journalist. So I, I'm, I, I, right now, I have the capabilities of quoting everything you say. <laughs> I know it, <laughs> and taking it out of context if I wish. <laughs> I know it. So you know, another thing people don't know about that horse. You figured out when I spoke to Tammy early on, and I asked her what happened in that allowance race after he won easily, and he finished third. And I've mentioned it many, many times on there how he split his head open on the starting gate coming out. Mm-hmm. They had to they had to stitch up his head, and uh, and he still he still ended up running third in the race. So. That's something you don't see in the past performances. No, he's a, he's an overcomer. That's for sure. He's tough. He is tough, no doubt about that. Uh, let's chat a little bit about. Um, we actually just visited uh, with the Ortiz family, Ortiz Training and Sales over at the Nelson Jones Training Center, and they are a lovely family. And um, actually, Carlos Ortiz's son is the trainer 
um, of of this really neat horse, Barber Road, and and they have little different than a lot of the trainers I've been around. They're one of their family members. His daughter is their media person. She has all these absolutely like phenomenal videos and photos of um, Barber Road during his uh, his time with them, his six months or so, and they have him dressed up as Santa and all kinds of neat things for the uh, prior CEO of Walmart, uh, Mr. Simon and his wife, Tammy. And it's just a really, it was a really neat family to be around. And, and if, I if, he, if he wins the race, I'll be expecting phone numbers from you. No problem. Absolutely. Are you kidding me? I'll have that to you within seconds of him crossing the finish line. <laughs> um, they're lovely people. You'd really enjoy talking to them. But I've had a couple of people tell me that Barber Road is definitely one of the long shots to watch in this race. What do you think? Well, I think he's, I think he's an interesting long shot. Like in past derbies, we've seen like 25, 35 to one shots come up and run second. We've seen that, you know, quite a few times. I think he certainly fits in that category. I don't know if he's fast enough, um, on numbers to win. He's definitely getting better. He's a horse you definitely want to have in your barn. He's a horse that's definitely going to win stakes down the road. He just has to learn how to win. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, when he did win his one race, it was for a $30,000 claiming price. And then he came back and he won in a starter allowance race. So he's only beaten horses who have run in claiming races. Then they put him in stakes, you know, second, 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 mm-hmm. third, second. Um, he He just always finds a way to move a little bit too late or to find a little bit of traffic. Um, I think he's. I think the capabilities are there, and one of these days he's going to break out. Whether whether it could be in this in a twenty horse field, it's asking a lot because he's going to be he's going to be pretty far back. He's going to be way in the back of the pack, so he's going to need a lot of luck. If he runs second or third in this race, would it surprise me? Absolutely not. Even though there's a lot there's a lot of faster horses in here, but the Derby's a totally different type of race. Okay. So you know it, it's. It's it's going to be interesting to see if he gets lucky, but you know when they keep running second like that and third, you you, you got to break that. You know you have to break that trend. You got to give him some confidence, let him know what it's like to win, mm-hmm. um, and then once once he gets that confidence, yeah, then then sky's the limit after that. That's true. But you know, listen, a lot of people are starting to get on Cyberknife. They feel that yeah. he could be the wise guy horse. He looked great in his workout. So listen, he did run second to him. Mm-hmm. So um, you know when he ran second to Baffert's horse, New Grange. Everybody thought New Grange was a good horse. Didn't pan out that way because he ran poorly. But he's got a, he's you know he's from, he's from that the Oaklawn group. You know mm-hmm. Uno Uno with Ariel Road, right. Dash Attack. Yeah, and they really haven't really done much at all. Uno Uno ran poorly last time out after a, a, a very bad start. So, again, I think he's a really good horse. I'd love to have him. I just don't know if he's quite ready for this group in a twenty-horse field. I think there's a lot of things against him, but he is—he is—he is a play in the exotics for sure. Yeah, I—we um, actually spent a little bit of time. Another person who I can share with you, if he—if he wins, um, that you can chat to, um, Susan Montaigne, actually, um, SBM Training and Sales was at OBS last week. We had a chance to chat to her. She actually started um, Cyberknife and she shared with us that he was 
a very, very, very difficult horse to start in her rider. Oh, yeah, he well, he's, yeah. Been, he's still difficult. Yeah, her rider, Juan, was up in the air on hind legs more often than I think on all four. And Juan is actually coming to the but, derby to, to see him run. But he uh, it took quite yeah. a bit to channel that horse's energy into, you know, into. Uh, but I but Susan really thinks if his energy is channeled that day in the right direction, that he could be a, you know, he could be a he could be a serious contender. He, he, he's get, he's getting good. I mean, listen, he threw his rider in the post parade before the Arkansas Derby. He's so he's still he's still he's still not cured. Let's put it that way. <laughs> no, and he's it, not it, cured. It, it's not it's it's not exactly. Um, a trait you want to see on Derby Day, no. so they're going to have to be very careful with him. Yeah. But his left, his workout the other day was was very very strong. He, he's a big big powerful horse. Yeah. Got a big beautiful stride to him, um, and he's and he's and he's getting good. Yeah. He's just got to uh, again. He didn't beat the best of fields. The Arkansas Derby, the big horse in that race that everybody was looking at was the filly Secret Oath. Right. And you know she made that monster move and then just couldn't sustain it, but. You know, it's just a, it's just a question of um, he's going to be right up in that first flight. You know, behind the uh, behind the speed, mm -hmm. and it's just a question of how good he is right now and and what, what, how he can control his his temperament. I mean, if you know, he if he loses it before the race, that's not good. But there's mm -hmm. going to be a lot going on. You know, from the walkover to the post parade, the twenty horse field. So they're going to have to keep a close a close eye on him. Yeah. But I mean, it, it wouldn't. You know, he's not one of my picks, but it, so again, it certainly would not surprise me if he won. And if he does win, again, I'll be looking for that phone number. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know, Susan Montaigne is the exercise was the exercise rider at the time that rode American Pharaoh at McCathan Brothers Farm when all the trainers came to look at him. Oh, really? Yeah. The name sounds familiar. I, I'm, I'm sure I must have spoken to her about some horse in the past. I think because you know, I'm, I'm always yeah. looking. Yeah, to talk to people who broke horses, but um, I didn't realize it's that. She, so she, yeah. was she on him, or just on one of the other horses? She was or? on Pharaoh the day that all the trainers accepted. When everybody, well, yeah, I wrote, yeah. yeah, I wrote about that. That's yeah. when. You did. That's when. Uh, that's when JB McCaffin had the classic line. Yeah. Right afterwards, when he told, uh, we told Zayat, mm -hmm. he said, uh, he said, look, he said, whatever you do, he said, get the. Get this horse the hell out of here. He's way yes. too good for us here. <laughs> he did. That's right. You know, and Susan you know, was the one and, trying to hold him back that day. And he was really pulling on her. You know, he was uh, uh, he was such a horse. Oh, my goodness. Well, that's that's interesting. That that yeah. might be worth a story in itself, I regardless I'm, of what side that does. I'm happy to connect you to her. She's got some great stories to tell. Yeah. Steve, we're at I, the I, end I of this that, I watched that workout, too. I watched that, that workout. Incredible. And I could hear, mm -hmm. as soon as she passed the finish line, I don't know who it was, but I could hear somebody you know, very succinctly say, holy yes. S-H, <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know? Uh -huh. uh, so, I mean, they couldn't believe w w what they saw. And um, I had spoken to to one of McCaffrey's assistants there who was actually in charge of him. And he's the one who also told JB, he says, you know, you got to get this horse out of here. We, we, Steve, we, we don't want time? the, we can't have the pressure of no, having this horse. This horse is too have good. you got time for a third segment? Because we have to break. Uh, okay. Can you do it? Okay, good. Okay. Hold that thought. Coming right back with Hall of Fame Turf Writer Steve Haskins. Stay with us. 
current equine microchips can migrate by up to 30%, causing difficulty when scanning. With over 70 years of collective horse industry experience, Lipchip offers a new, more effective method of microchipping, partnering with veterinarians and technology experts to ensure humane and practical microchipping. Lipchip was built by horsemen for horsemen. Nowadays, the performance horse industry is in need of both integrity and transparency. Lipchip is the future of horse microchipping, with cutting-edge technology functional for every discipline. Find Lipchip on social media and for more information, lipchipllc.com. The future is here. The future is Lipchip. This show is brought to you in part by DAC Vitamins and Minerals of Florida. All horses need a solid immune system, excellent joint support, a healthy gut, and DAC has all the vitamins and minerals they need with the NASC stamp of approval. So like them on Facebook now or go to feeddac.com. DAC, it makes a world of difference. World-class equine rehab promoting faster recovery is available at the Equine Performance Center Ocala. Hyperbaric oxygen therapy and underwater treadmill, a salt water spa, an aquapacer, magna wave, a vibration plate, swimming pool, massage and laser therapies. With post-surgical care, memberships, packages and BOGOs, EPC delivers a rejuvenated horse through proven and innovative rehab. Like Equine Performance Center now on Facebook and find them on the web at epcrehab.com. The Larson family has been farming hay in Idaho for generations with a mission to always provide high quality hay products at a fair and reasonable price. Larson Hay loves to meet new customers while always honoring the ones they already have. Find Larson Hay on the web at larsonhay.com, like them on Facebook and definitely visit one of their locations. Larson Hay, Idaho's finest alfalfa and our television broadcast sponsor. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show. You never heard of a talking horse? Well, listen to this. With your host, Louisa Barton. What does it feel like to be in love with a horse? Presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Back in the saddle again. Now, here's your pretty, pretty Louisa Barton. You're fab, you're switched on, you're a bit of all right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah. Back on the Horse Talk Show, presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest self-help. Louisa Barton here in the studio, and I've got my favorite guest for a third segment, Steve Haskin. He is Hall of Fame turf writer. You can find him at secretariat.com. His writings, in my opinion, are the finest in the horse racing world. Always amusing, always witty, and always very informative. Edutainment at its best, I think. And we've been talking. You can, you can you can have me as for as many segments as you want, as long as you have <laughs> intros like that every single time. It's all true, all facts. And listen, I read and write a lot myself, so I know what's good and what isn't. And I've never ever ever read anything about horse racing better than yours, Steve. So that's oh, correct. thank you so much. We were talking um, about Cyberknife, and we chatted a bit about simplification and Barber Road. I got to throw White Albario out there just because he's an OBS grad. He went through the sale here. You know, I, I got to ask you what you think about about him. He, he, he's an enigma. 
<laughs> I, I I don't know what to expect from him. I think I think he's going to be the forgotten horse. I I don't think he's getting the respect. I don't think the Florida horses in general and the Florida Derby is getting the respect. Um, his his speed figures are like all over the place. You, you, you don't know which ones to look at. But the main thing about him, I, I watched his last work, too, his last two works I've watched. And looking at his works and his races, he's a horse who's always in the right spot. He, he's always where he's exactly supposed to be. And you got to say a lot about that. Yeah. The Florida Derby was such a strange race because I thought for sure Gulfstream, which is notorious for bad fractions. <laughs> uh, they don't know how to time races there. And I looked at the closing fractions of the Florida Derby. And I mean, to say they were pedestrian would be an understatement. <laughs> I, I mean, he came home with the last three eights in almost 40 seconds, which is like, are you kidding me? I mean, we're talking harness racing time and the last furlong in like 14. I said, it's got to be wrong. You know, I heard rumblings that maybe it was, but nobody ever changed it. So I said, well, I mean, if, if that's the right fractions, then that's the slowest closing group one race maybe in history. <laughs> I mean, I've never seen horses close that, that slow. So I was curious to see the speed figures. So the first ones to come out with the buyer figures where he got a, um, he got a 96, which is, you know, which is okay. Not, not, not great, but you know, it's okay. And then I look at I wanted to see the thoroughbred numbers because I looked at him. I was, look, I was looking for some kind of progression because if you, if you look at his numbers, he had progressed. In fact, I'll give them to you right now. He'd run a 10 and a half, which is, you know, okay for a first time starter to, to an eight and a quarter to a seven, to a three. I said, well, you know, those, that's pretty good progression. I said, unfortunately, it's going to probably regress in the Florida Derby because, I mean, it was just so slow. He winds up getting a one, which which is the f second fastest number in any horse in this field. The only horse that's gotten a faster number was that freaky ex baffert horse that table <laughs> yeah um in that last race yeah. you know i don't know i don't know i don't even know what to make of him you know two starts yeah. but he's a marzadans isn't he what's that isn't he a marzadans horse i think a, a what horse a marzadan the guy that the gentleman that owned uh, medina spirit i think owned oh, 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 yeah. Yeah. oh yeah right yeah. oh yeah uh-huh yeah yeah so uh I, the one thing i always say by the way is that uh, listen, I don't know. If he wins, I, you, you can never ever handicap a, uh, the Derby with any logic anymore. If a horse is going to win with two starts. Uh, but this horse lo looks like so freaky. His numbers are so ridiculously fast that he would look like a bounce candidate. <laughs> now, you just can't keep it up. But I said the one good thing, if he wins, I would give anything to see all those guys at Churchill Downs have to present the winning Derby trophy to the owner of Medina Spirit, who they not only disqualified from the Derby, but they made a public event out of tearing his sign down from the paddock yep. and putting Mandaloon sign down. And then they wound up making uh, Zaydan give the horse to another trainer. I mean, and then to have to present him the trophy. And if you, if, you, you if, you watch, if you watch the Dubai World Cup, after Country Grammar won, he didn't stop raving about Baffert. So can imagine if he wins the Derby. So it's going to be all about Baffert. And, and 
believe me, Churchill Downs is not rooting for this horse to win no. at all. No. You know, I mean, I mean, I mean they I made such a big public that, event. You're right. Yes. Yeah, they made such a big public event when they, you know, when they showed it. They had a video of him tearing down Medina Spirit sign and putting up mandaloons and congratulating Mandaloon for being the Derby winner and everything. And when the entire world is going to recognize Medina Spirit as the Derby winner, I don't care what anybody says. For sure. Nobody's going to think of Mandaloon as, as the Derby no, winner. No. But I mean, to, mm -hmm. to just do it in that manner was said to have pretty, uh, pretty classless. Yeah, anyway, I, I anyway, anyway, Ryder Barrio has got the second fastest number. Yeah. And, and, um, and the next, the next, Closest number to him is is like a one and a half, you know, yeah. by Zandon, mm -hmm. uh, and, and smiled happy. But yeah. so, uh, if if you're going by that, he's the second fastest horse, even though he's coming off the slowest race I've seen in ages. <laughs> but he he got he got he got a fast autograph number. Yeah, and like I said, he just he's one of those horses that just knows how to win and knows exactly where to put himself. He just looks like a he's very machine like. Yeah, and he's always he's always. Sitting right off the pace, always in a good spot. So it's important to be. In I, a think good spot be a, I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be. I think he's be a big price for a Florida Derby winner. Yeah. He, I think he's going to be. He could be like seventh, seventh choice in the race. Yeah. Six, seventh choice. He could be. It's uh, it's definitely an interesting lineup this year. It's a, it's a very interesting lineup. It's going to be quite, uh, quite a lot fascinating. Of story, a lot of storylines. There are different storylines and. Um, sure. Yeah, even though even though half the field is is made up of like the top four trainers in the country, I know. You know, Pletch has got three, and Chad Brown, you know, might might have two. Ashburn had a whole bunch. Yeah. Uh, Pletch is, you know, like I said, yeah, Pletch has got three, and um, uh, 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 Brad Cox has got three. Yep. So I mean, all you know, all the top trainers are are, are there with multiple horses. Yeah. It's but so, there's a lot of great stories, like the ones we just stories. mentioned. Like, know. you know, Antonio Santa would be a phenomenal oh, story. I love that story. That guy, he was the one that was kidnapped. Yeah. Kidnapped yeah. twice, I believe, and ransomed. And then he came yeah, to he, America. 30, and, oh. 36 days they held him for. They did. They did. He's you know? a great story. Him and his son are phenomenal. I love them. They're wonderful. Yeah, guys. I mean, I think they're terrific. And he did, I thought he did a phenomenal job with Gunavera a few years ago. He did. He did. We were right there with Gunavera. That was an amazing, another amazing story. It was another phenomenal one. So there's always lots of great behind the scenes stories. I love sharing those. They're the best. Steve, I think we've yeah. only got, what, a couple minutes left at most? Yes, about that. So I got to ask you if you have a favorite for the Oaks in the last two minutes here. Well, that's another wild race. You know, every, <laughs> everybody was looking at, you know, you know, at Echo Zulu like she was some kind of freak. And then she just barely, barely won. But she, listen, she's still undefeated. Mm -hmm. And uh, Shirk McGahee's Philly. Kathleen O is undefeated. Kathleen, looks yeah. like any kind. Yeah. But visually, um, uh, Todd Fletcher's Philly Nest, who won the Ashland. Mm -hmm. I, I I thought she looked spectacular in that race. Mm. Yeah, she yeah. she looks like a powerhouse who's getting very good right now. I would have to lean towards her, but you know the, the Florida Philly, you know Kathleen O. You can't I knock know. her. She got a yeah. big big stretch run. Yeah, and then, I mean, there's some that. really yeah. there's some really nice not, not, there's some really nice Phillies in there. Incredible, Steve. As always. Um, I always feel like I know so much more after you talk Derby to me than anybody else. So I'm, uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I'll be staying in touch with you as we watch uh, these, these upcoming very exciting races and we share with you um, on social media and our outlets uh, what's going on for the Oaks and the Derby. And then, 
you know, Steve will have some great stories for you. You can check him out at secretariat.com. He is the best. <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you, Steve. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. We'll be back on the Horse Talk Show in just a minute. We're going to switch it up to the Gypsy Gold Farm, and you can learn a little bit about the Gypsy Vanna horses and what an incredible breed they are. So stay with us on the Horse Talk Show. Thank you to our presenting sponsor, Palm Chevrolet, and our broadcast and television sponsor, Larson Hay, and also to our supporting sponsors, Equisafe, Nirvana Medical Spa, Showcase Properties of Central Florida, the Equine Performance and Innovative Center, and Summit Joint Performance. This hour of the Horse Talk Show is presented by Palm Chevrolet in Ocala, where the entire team is committed to making your experience in sales and service hassle-free and easier than ever with no games or gimmicks. Come in and visit on Southwest College Road or online at palmchevrolet.com. A second-to-none experience with all the amenities. Palm Chevy, find new roads. Nirvana, Ocala's premier medical spa, is leading the way in great skin with all the newest in treatment options, offering prejuvenation for younger clients and rejuvenation for all ages. Nirvana knows you want to look your very best, but we've all seen people with the telltale signs of too much work. We want you to look like you, just better, brighter and younger, with all the newest and best in technology and all in the most beautiful surroundings. Like Nirvana Medical Spa on Facebook and find them on the web at nirvanamedicalspa.com. Become a better, brighter and younger you. Piranha, your trusted leader in insect control for 50 years. The official fly spray for World Equestrian Center. From the strongest water-based equine spray in the blue bottle to the familiar and longtime favorite in the yellow bottle. Wipe and spray, we've got you covered. If you're looking for effective plant-based fly spray, then look for our zero bite in the green bottle. Check us out online at piranhainc.com. That's P-Y-R-A-N-H-A, piranhainc.com, to learn more about Piranha's entire family of products. Piranha, it works. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. Louisa Barton with the Horse Talk Show here at the Gypsy Gold Farm Tour. This is actually the most popular thing to do in this area and I'm not surprised because it certainly is an experience. A little bit like stepping back in history into the incredible and exciting world of the gypsies and the horses that they love and also a wonderful tourist attraction for Ocala, Marion County, Florida, the horse capital of the world. One of my favorite places to come and certainly a couple of my favorite people to visit with. But we're going to start off with a few years ago and we're going to talk to Dennis Thompson and his wife, Erin Mahoney Thompson, about how they got started out in the love of anything four-legged. Dennis, thanks for having us back here again. Love being with you. Great having you. 
Yeah. Thank you. Tell us about when you were a little tyke. Did you always love animals so much? Extreme. Yeah. 1949, I lived in a one-room chicken coop in northern Indiana. No heat, no water, two-by-four bunk beds. Yeah, nice. <laughs> but it was a chicken coop full of love and and parents who believed they could do anything. And my mother wound up with the first McDonald's in America with a hitching post in Amish country in Indiana. Yeah. And my father's master's thesis was turned into a text for high school industrial arts. I was an extreme animal lover as a child. Called me the guppy god in the fourth grade because I'd take <laughs> mason jars full of baby guppies to school and sell them for a nickel apiece. Matter of fact, my neighbor, Mr. Flanagan, raised Shetland ponies. And uh, that was the 1950s. Uh, there was an invasion of Shetland ponies from Great Britain. <laughs> and uh, I tell people I believe it was an effort to take our country back <laughs> by destroying our children. <laughs> That's about spot on. Right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. We had a big weeping willow tree in the front yard. And... Uh, I would take branches from that willow tree and go to Mr. Flanagan's. He had an apple orchard, and I'd climb over the fence and make bridles and reins out of those willow trees. And I'd get on those ponies, and I would inevitably have to fall off before they got to the barn, because they'd, <laughs> they'd go run into Mr. Flanagan, and I'd get caught if... <laughs> so... Yeah, so my love for ponies, or love for horses, started very early. But, uh, yeah, so uh, it's, you're either born with that or you're not, you know. And uh, I hung out at pet stores as a teenager, and at 18, one of those stores asked me to work for them, and it was owned by the man that invented kitty litter, Ed, Ed, Ed Lowe. <laughs> Matter of fact, just recently I had an interesting thing. Uh, People who watch your show will remember an actress called Kim Novak, a uh, beautiful actress. Uh, I forget what, there was one movie she was particularly famous for, but I wrote her maybe 10 days ago. There was a segment about her on CBS and she was driving a Gypsy Vanner horse. She's 85 years old now, yeah. But it was her cousin and his wife, who actually hired me at that pet store. Yeah, yeah, from Chicago. They, they managed one of the top pet stores in America, and Ed Lowe hired them to design the ultimate pet store. Ed Lowe's the man that invented kitty litter. So, yeah, crazy, crazy story, crazy and story. And then you were the one responsible for the, for the collar, right? Well, I wound up managing his stores, and then uh, for the next I don't know, probably 40 years, I designed products for animals and set international distribution in the animal products industry. And I am responsible for adjustable dog collars and adjustable dog harnesses. And so the passion, uh, it never ended. It, it's still there uh, today, you know. It's still there. Yeah. It is, for sure. Yes, absolutely. It is a lifelong love. There's yeah. no doubt. Erin, and what about you? You're, you've always been an animal horse lover, I was, right? I would say it didn't really start with horses. I'm really just an animal lover. You know, it's all animals. 
um, have always had my heart and I've always been attracted to everybody's pet. You know, they liked me, I liked them. Um, although I was not really allowed to have pets growing up. Um, my mother's sister, they have a farm in Annapolis, 80 acres, and every summer I adopted their you know, livestock, <laughs> much to their chagrin, because they didn't want to have to tell me that they would eat them eventually. Uh, so it's kind of a joke, you know, you know, Fluffums died shortly after I left, I'm sure. But, um, you know, it's just funny, you know, rabbits, you know, every summer I had my own rabbit. Um, you know, it was our job to go out and milk the cow and collect the eggs and, you know, get pecked by all the chickens. And it was always so much fun. You know, uh, they taught me how to shoot my first shotgun. You know, it was just Every summer was an adventure um, of playing Ditchem in, in the woods, you know, for you know, 80 acres they had. Um, you know, I was with them when they baled hay and, you know, it was a, a, a day long affair. Um, I picked vegetables, you know, you're there on the farm for five minutes, they have you doing something that will last you at least a day, you know? So it's kind of, um, I never lost my love for all animals. Um, it wasn't really until Dennis um, that I've kind of fallen in love with horses. Um, for me, uh, my family had commodity. They raised the animals for, you know, dairy cows and uh, for beef and turkeys and chickens and, you know, for their eggs and for meat. Um, so horses were a different, they had a Shetland pony that tried to kill me. So, so um, really horses were a different thing. Um, when I was adult, um, I became interested in horses and learned how to ride. Um, I learned how to ride on an Arabian, um, loved riding, um, and that will always be with me to this day. You know, every day, you know, I just love, I just love horses, obviously, but uh, my love for them grew as an adult, so. Certainly easy to do, isn't it? And I, and I tell Dennis the Gypsy Vanna horse ruined all of the breeds for me. I'll love every horse, obviously, because I'm an animal lover, but um, the Gypsy Vanna horse, because of their temperament and their beauty and just their overall um, the fairy tale, yeah, fairy tale quality. It's just there's something about them that's so majestic and calm and beautiful. And, um, and plus, Dennis isn't so bad either. I was going <laughs> to say, who, who swept you off your feet, Dennis or the horses? Yeah, yeah. I would say, I, you know, it's funny thing is when I met Dennis, I, he, I really, I had no idea who he was. Um, so it, it, I was very naive. Um, I didn't realize, you know, now, like, ask me, ask me now if I would do it all over again. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. But it's, you know, it's, um, it's beautiful. And, and people can see from the outside how amazing, you know, this breed is and how beautiful it is. But to own animals and to actually have a business um, breeding and teaching people about animals. It is a 365 day, you know, and, uh, you know, a day year job. It's, it, there's no walking away from it, obviously. Um, so it's love and dedication for sure. And, you know, there is a heartache involved, you know, it's fan all the horses become your babies. You know, all the animals, you become intimately involved with them and you know their personalities, you know their whinnies, you know their, you know, their, just all their idiosyncrasies. Um, and it's something so beautiful about that. Um, it makes it, it makes it worth it. It's a you know, yes. Family, yes, it? It, it truly <laughs> is. You know, it truly is. Like, I love them. I love each and every one of them for different reasons. And so. it's an early in the morning until late at night oh, labor of love. I would say yes. And thank God for Gabriel, as you know. Um, he is a godsend. And we have two volunteers that work for us, um, Janet and Don. 
um, that are just amazing with the birds. And um, we're lucky to have a few really special people that come and help out of the love for just doing something with their day and dedicating themselves to animals that love their care and, and uh, yeah, their special care. Don makes all the bird toys for the birds. And, you know, it's just something really special about people who come out and just love the animals as much as you do. So when, we're grateful. When you were a little girl, did you ever imagine that you might end up doing this? Not in a million years. I could not have dreamt it. Honestly, like, I was always the child in my family that was begging for a cat, begging for a dog, endlessly begging, you know, and they wouldn't let me, you know. Be careful what you wish for, right? <laughs> I mean, it's really crazy when I look back on it. Um, I couldn't have dreamt it, but it is... For me, the best part of my week is, you know, I always joke with Dennis, Sundays are just magical because we don't have anybody that comes and works here. So on Sundays, it's just Dennis and I. So we go out and it's just no tractors are running. You know, you just hear all the horses and you hear the munching in the background and the birds squawking away. There's something so magical about this place, you know. This place is magical. We're at the end of this segment, but fortunately we're coming right back and we've got lots more to tell you about Dennis and Aaron in Gypsy Gold Horse Farm. I'm Louisa Barton for the Horse Talk Show. Thank you to our presenting sponsor, Palm Chevrolet, and our broadcast and television sponsor, Larson Hay, and also to our supporting sponsors, Equisafe, Nirvana Medical Spa, Showcase Properties of Central Florida, the Equine Performance and Innovative Center, and Summit Joint Performance. Enhance your horse's performance, fitness, strength, and rehabilitation with state-of-the-art equipment. ETI treadmills offer the finest European engineering, the highest quality filtration, and no chemicals are required. Follow Equine Therapy International on social media or at equinetherapyint.com. Equine Therapy International provides technologically advanced therapy for horses worldwide. World-class equine rehab promoting faster recovery is available at the Equine Performance Center Ocala. Hyperbaric oxygen therapy and underwater treadmill, a saltwater spa, an aquapacer, magna wave, a vibration plate, swimming pool, massage, and laser therapies. With post-surgical care, memberships, packages, and BOGOs, EPC delivers a rejuvenated horse through proven and innovative rehab. Like Equine Performance Center now on Facebook and find them on the web at epcrehab.com. This show was brought to you in part by TT Distributors, dedicated to bringing their customers the largest selection of quality horse supplements, products, and farrier supplies in Florida at affordable prices. Also online at ttdistributors.com. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. Well, it's Derby Week. So we certainly hope that you enjoyed Hall of Famer Steve Haskin. He's always a wonderful insight into an exciting week. And he always talks Derby to me the best of all. So thank you to him for his contribution. Dr. Lynch, uh, a great segment there for Peterson and Smith, Equine Hospital and Complete Care. And then episode one of our Gypsy Manor series will be airing the second one next week. Um, just want to start out with some sad news um, Callie Witt, exercise rider to Joe Sharp, 
passed away um, this weekend, very sadly, at Keeneland in the morning. Uh, she was an exercise rider with a desire to be a jockey, a very wonderful young lady that Joe Sharp was bringing along and, and was really proud of, um, had a horse riding fall accident and um, passed away from a blunt uh, strike and sadly she was taken straight to the hospital but uh, did not survive. So prayers to all connected there, especially to Joe Sharp and his team at the racetrack. I'm also very sad to share with you that C.C. Skirlock, a lady that I never actually got to meet in person but communicated with on social media, followed our show and loved us, um, fought a battle with uh, pneumonia for many months, made a recovery a couple of weeks ago or at least appeared to and came off a ventilator and very sadly we lost her and her prayers and thoughts to Dubs, her significant other and her entire family. What an amazing ray of sunshine and bright light she was in this world. Um, also, very sadly, a horse that we followed for the longest time through his derby trail and through his amazing breeder, Emily Fojan, and uh, we just loved Dortmund. He was such a big, amazing horse in Bob Baffert's barn for a long time racing, and we were just so proud of him and all of his accomplishments, and very sadly, he passed away in Korea from a very extreme colic overnight um, while in his field. So um, prayers and thoughts to all who love Dortmund. What a great champ he was indeed, and he will be so sadly missed. Um, his first babies, I believe, are are two this year or maybe three. I'm not sure. I can't remember. The years all run together for me. But anyway, he'll certainly have some babies on the scene, I'm sure, that we'll be able to follow as a legacy left behind. Uh, as we went to Lexington last week on a Chamber and Economic Partnership trip, we were very blessed to be at probably the finest breeding facility in the United States of America and perhaps in the world, but certainly the one with the most stallions. Um, with 25 stallions standing at Spendthrift, we got the tour and got to learn a little bit about their breeding industry there, certainly the thoroughbred capital of the world for sure. Um, we got to see Into Mischief and we went by a number of stalls of horses that are so famous um, and horses that were prior occupants of those stalls that were also so famous. A neat story about this statue here, the uh, gentleman leading Nashua is Clem, who was actually his very excellent horseman handler. And in his right-hand pocket, you can't see it from this angle, but there is a horseshoe on the statue. And Clem was an entrepreneur of his time. <clears throat> he would tell guests that he had certain famous horses, horseshoes in his pocket and sell them to the guests and somebody commented that if one horse had actually had all those horseshoes it would have actually been a centipede but he was definitely an entrepreneur of his time and, a, and quite a funny guy but a great horseman Clem there leading Nashua and um, just a chance to even be in the presence of such an amazing place with you know over a hundred mares and, and yearlings and weanlings and then these top stallions who we get this opportunity to see at the racetrack and meet through the horse talk show. And then to get to see them in this environment, they certainly have the life at this beautiful Spendthrift farm, which is certainly probably the most beautiful farm I've ever set foot on. And there is Authentic, of course, who won the Breeders' Cup Classic a couple years ago. An amazing horse who actually started with Eddie Woods here in Ocala, Marion County, training there. And um, just a chance to be around them and see them in action and uh, doing their job, which they do several times a day. And just an opportunity to talk to, um, you know, Ned Toffee, the general manager. That was Vina Rosso's stall 
uh, who of course was started here in Ocala Marion County by JJ Krupe. Um, also an incredible horse. Vina Rosso was won some uh, some really big races that we got to be there for, um, and some very famous um, mares and fillies married here um, in a very uh, honorary grave site that they have for their horses. And there on the wall, all the horses that were there, including affirmed, by the way, um, the famous affirmed, um, of course, of Florida bred, and just a number of other really well-known names there on the wall. Foolish Pleasure, of course, ridden by Jacinta Vasquez, statue for Foolish Pleasure standing now in Williston, a new statue set up there um, for, for Foolish Pleasure, certainly a very famous horse. And um, just a trip through, you know, through the stallion barn here where Into Mischief and Authentic actually stand. Um, stud fee for Into Mischief is $250,000 and he breeds on average three times a day in the season. So um, found a sign, had our spendthrift caps on, had to get under it. Tamara and I from the Chamber and Economic Partnership, she is a VP here and was with me for the trip. Um, that we got to go and kind of learn a little bit about their equine industry and connect with some of their people. Um, actually brought to you by Equine Therapy International. Uh, me with the Nashua sign there at Spendthrift. Just, um, just got to have a really, really good Kentucky experience. The weather cooperated and everything. So also made it to the Land Rover um, Kentucky three-day event, which was also a great experience there with Alan Davis from Equine Therapy International um, and Tamara and myself. Uh, amazing to see Dana Cook, for example, here a student of silver medalist Clayton Fredericks in there on her horse um, competing on the first dressage. And to see the number of people who either live here, train here, part of the year or the entire year or a residence of the horse capital competing at this level was fantastic. So many names that were there who call Ocala home competing at the Land Rover. So I love the way that no matter where we go in the horse world, we can always bring it back here with, um, with so many connections. Um, we certainly did the local economy good, um, as we, um, we helped out there with, uh, with some really, really neat purchases. They had some absolutely fantastic deals. And that picture was actually taken by a CEP partner who was there, who was very amused to see us loaded down at the end of the day um, with a lot of goodies. Muriel took that photo. So um, sadly, we were gone for the Mustang makeover, which is something, of course, having a Mustang myself, I would love to have been here for the Mustang makeover at the Southeastern Livestock Pavilion. But Gigi and Maria, our um, exclusive massage therapist to the show from Midnight Rose and Gigi, the director um, of the Horse Talk Show, were able to attend um, a really, really wonderful event that showcases everything that you can do um, with a Mustang that you've only had uh, for 100 days. So all of these people brought these Mustangs in to compete and to get to watch these horses that were basically completely wild 100 days ago um, is really neat. And then, of course, at the end of the day, they have a um, an auction off where people can actually buy the horses. I think the highest price one, Gigi said, went for 12000 And I think the winner went for $6,000. Um, so somebody definitely wanted that $12,000 one. 
but how nice that the people get to take a horse that they know has had all this experience already and can come out here in the ring and um, and do so much to be successful. So a lot this week. We're going to have the coverage for the Derby playing every single day. We got as many of the local connections to Ocala Marion as we can, presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care. Thank you to our sporting sponsors. Tune in to Equus Television and on Facebook so you can watch all of our coverage. And we'll have little light stints throughout the week and over the weekend as well, sharing with you the Oaks and the Derby and connecting it back here to home as always. Whether you're in Ocala, Marion County, the horse capital of the world or not, happy horsing around till the same time next week.